You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Honestly, Greg, not a ton going on right now. It feels like a lot of the things that usually we talk about have already happened, right? Like, I think we'd be more excited about this draft nine days away from it if the San Fran Miami trade didn't happen, Miami Philadelphia. Sam Darnold gets trade. All that stuff happens before the draft, but here we are. And we're getting closer and closer again, just outside of a week away from the Patriots sitting there at pick 15. And you thought it would be a good idea to look at these quarterbacks. You know, you really haven't had the time on this podcast to actually dive into some of these guys and what you've heard specifically. We've hit on them, of course. We've, we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but now it's time to dive into it more. And so I haven't, I'll say this right off the bat, I have not seen a ton of Zach Wilson. I watched him play one game. Uh, I think it was the bowl game that everybody watched. I have not seen a ton of Trey Lance. I've seen highlights here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. I I have seen more of Lawrence Fields and Jones for obvious reasons because I watch college football and they're always on. But let's look at these quarterbacks. And if, if we were to look at the top five guys, I think everybody agrees. Maybe you disagree, Greg. It's, you know, Lawrence in whatever order. Lawrence, Fields, Jones, Wilson, and Trey Lance. I, I guess we can start with five in, in your head and who you think should be slotted fifth. If you were the Patriots and you were looking at this board, who do you think is five on that board? Well, let's go about this a different way because okay. look, everybody knows Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to be there at the end of the day. So there's no suspense there. I mean, really, it's about the three other guys Fair that enough. the Patriots are going to have a chance at. So, I mean, let's just real quick on Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Um, I think both of them are completely worthy of being the first round pick, the, the first overall pick. I think that I went with Trevor Lawrence, number one, um, because – of his body of work. I think if the, if you went off of film from last year or even maybe the last two years, you might say Zach Wilson because he's, he's that impressive. But I just think, I think Trevor Lawrence is built better for the NFL game than he was for the college game. Um, and I, well, I think Zach Wilson would be great as a pro. I just think the college game, especially where he played, look, uh, I don't think anybody's going to say that BYU and also Clemson's schedule in the conference of the ACC was the greatest college football uh, competition that's out there. Right. But, you know, I just – Trevor Lawrence, he's almost 6'6". 
He's a big guy. He can run. He's been groomed for this for from day one, almost since birth. He's been the number one recruit, the number one everything since high school. I think he's lost four games total in his uh, in his football career going back to high school. Um, he, you know, he is the he is the face of the franchise now. You know, there were the Sports Illustrated comments that I think taken out of context about him uh, basically could he could take football or leave it. Yeah. And he I, I thought his clarifications were really good um, in terms of what the game means to him and things like that. But but on Trevor Lawrence, I just think I think he's the complete package all around from from the way he he, he makes all the throws. He's big. He's durable. The, the the worry that I have with Zach Wilson is that he's tiny. He's he's basically Baker Mayfield. Eh, Baker's a little thicker, um, but very similar player to Baker Mayfield. But he's like Baker Mayfield 2.0 in terms of what he can do, how light he is on his feet, the arms much better. Baker's isn't bad, but Z- Zach Wilson's is another level. The ball just it, it it shoots out of his hand, and he he has touch. He could throw deep. He has the off off platform plays that are that earned him the moniker the the Mormon Mahomes, and, <laughs> and I think I think that's legit. I think that I think that he he's he's one of those quarterbacks who's better when the play breaks down. Even though one of the big questions I had after watching film on him was, you know, how is he going to be under a lot of pressure day yeah. in day out if he goes to yeah. like a Jets? And look, the Jets have some good pieces there. You know, on the line, the young left tackle's really good. Uh, I'm sure they'll invest more in the offensive line, but that's that's going to be a tough go for him. And, you know, him being as slight as he is, um, BYU, it seemed like he had all day long to throw the ball against not very good competition. You can make the argument that Coastal Carolina was the best team that they played last year. But, look, uh, it, you know, you could compare all the schedules, whatever, all you want. But really, it, it it comes down to can this player operate the scheme that they're going to be in, um, you know, within an NFL schedule, an NFL locker room. And to me, both of those guys, Lawrence and Williams uh, and Wilson, are, you know, locks to be franchise quarterbacks. So, you, you know, you just hope that Wilson isn't jetted for, for a, uh, you know – for for one term, but I think that they're I think that they're really good. I think that they're spectacular. They should be the first two picks, and and that's where I sort of stand on those guys. Yeah, the questions do seem surrounding, uh, you know, Wilson are the ones that you hit on. You know, can he can he deal with pressure and the the strength of schedule and the scheme and you know all that kind of stuff. So you've really got to look at his talent, like you're saying, and and try to translate that to the NFL and say, well, if we surround this guy in the right way, he'll be fine. Of course, the Jets failed to do that with Sam Darnold. Will Joe Douglas do a better job than Mike McCagden? It's tough to imagine somebody doing a worse job, frankly, than McCagden did to help Darnold. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Lawrence, like you said, has been the number one guy from really the last few years. He's been targeted as the dude, and we'll see if that pays off down in Jacksonville because he will be a Jaguar for sure. So let's talk about the three guys then. The three guys that could be available, uh, might be available, some would say should be available. Pat's sitting at 15. So now we're left with 
Jones, Fields, and Lance. A lot of talk about Jones maybe going third. So let's start with the third guy on that list of three, Greg. If you were the Patriots and you're looking at your big board of quarterbacks and you've got those three names on the board, who's number three? Mac Jones, without question in my mind. I mean, look, it's nothing to – I think that – look, let me say this. Overall, I think all five of these quarterbacks are going to be good starting quarterbacks in this league given the right environment, the right surrounding cast – Things like that that are that are important. You know, people will look at a player like Marcus Mariota and go, "Well, he sucked." Well, yeah, he had four offensive coordinators in five years. Like, what the hell did you expect out of him? Yep. So all that stuff is it's vital. It's vital. You know, and we've talked about it before. Aaron Rodgers doesn't become Aaron Rodgers if Mike McCarthy's fired every other year up in Green Bay. Yeah, he look had at Mike Mahomes. McCarthy the whole time. Yeah, I mean, look Mahomes. At Mahomes. He's and, you know, just look at that, for example. I mean, I'm not saying Mahomes would not have been Mahomes without the perfect right. situation, but what he got in Kansas City was the perfect situation. Andy Reid, a long-tenured head coach, Alex Smith, the mentor, good offensive line, skill position players for days. I mean, he was set up perfectly. And look at, you know, the, the other side of the Rodgers coin is look at Alex Smith. He goes, he goes first overall to the 49ers. They're horrible. They go through different coaches. Smith is washed out. Nobody, everybody thinks he's a bum. All of a sudden, he hooks up with Andy Reid in Kansas City, and he's a good, viable starting quarterback until he gets hurt. Yeah, it that just proves you it's the it's this it's nature it's nurture over nature when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. So that being said, all all five quarterbacks I think are going to be. Good starting quarterbacks in this league, and I think they are going to end up at the end of the day. I think they're at least going to be top 12 picks, if not top 10 picks, um, come next Thursday night. Um, Mac Jones, to me, look, Nick, to be honest, I didn't want to believe the hype. I thought, you know, big, stiff, white guy at Alabama. Uh, We've seen this before with McCarron and other guys, Greg McElroy, um, you know, some of these guys who all of a sudden you hear from people are like, Oh yeah, no, what about, he's a winner at Alabama and you know, you should draft him. I remember Patriots fans or NFL fans in general, uh, you know, talking up McCarron or uh, you know, the kid from Georgia from last year is another example of, you know, a winner in the sec that people, think is going to be a a uh, a good pro um and it doesn't come to fruition so that's where i went in watching the film on mac jones and i watched all of his throws from this year i watched um no that was fields i watched his two now through 2019 conference championship game um and i just i was blown away by mac jones um i, I his he, you know here's where he separates himself from everybody else in my opinion um, in terms of the second tier guys, uh, his accuracy is unbelievable. And he was not, he was not just sitting back there all day, having all day to throw. He, he just wasn't, he was under a good amount of pressure last year. Yes. He has unbelievable weapons to throw to, but you know, I'm not grading him up on throws to wide open guys. I just don't do that. Um, and I would like to think that I know the difference between, um, you know, a guy who's schemed open, a guy who's thrown open. And the the quickness of his release, I didn't think I was going to see that. 
When he makes a decision, he lets it rip. It's very quick. It's much quicker than Fields. It's much quicker than Lance. Um, and the other thing about uh, Mac Jones is that his his feet are just – it's hard to describe, but he has this natural rhythm to how he gets back, how he gets into his throwing lane. It's, it's It's uncanny for a that, – that's what – when people see a pocket quarterback – and they say, well, he's just going to be a big stiff or what have you. Like, name any other pocket quarterback that hasn't worked out in, like, the last 10 years. The feet are the the feet in the release, to me, are the difference. Because, all right, anybody can be accurate. And he is ungodly accurate. But the feet and the quickness of the release, you put those two things together, and then all of a sudden now I see why he's drawing comparisons to a certain number 12. Like I'm not going to invoke the name, but when you watch him, it's the comparison is, is not all that terrible. I mean, really the way he manipulates the pocket with his feet, the way he gets back and then his, his quickness. And also we haven't even gotten into the best part of Mac Jones, which is his mind. Yeah, his processing, processing speed yep. is on another level, Nick, for the college game. I mean, it's, it blows Lawrence away. It probably doesn't blow Zach Wilson away, even though Lawrence is very smart. But Mac Jones is just on another level. You hear from people that he's he's teach he's so smart. He's teaching Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense down there in Tuscaloosa. Um, I just think in terms of what the Patriots and look, Mac Jones might not work for everybody uh, in every NFL offense, but in terms of what the Patriots want to do. In my mind, Mac Jones is a clear number three to the other guys. I think when you look at, you know, Jones, the issue is people falling in love with all of these other terms, you know, off platform, off schedule. Can he run with the football? Do threat ability at the quarterback position, all these sexy things. And, you know, it almost for some people becomes a prerequisite that you have to be a supreme athlete to be a quarterback. And, and when I watch Jones, you know, you, you hit on pretty much everything, but his ability to move around within the pocket is a big deal. And again, I think Mel Kuyper got a bad rap for, you know, what he said about Jones and Brady. All he said was, if you watch Mac Jones, some of the skill set is very similar to Brady. He didn't say Jones was going to be the next Brady. He didn't say Jones was Brady. He said, if, if you look at the things that Jones can do, it reminds you of Brady. And, and one of the things you mentioned, and I think it's huge, you don't have to be a supreme athlete if you can move around within the pocket. If mm -hmm. you can north, yep. south, east, west, you know, fine throwing lanes, all those little things, and he can do that. And he can do that against top competition. He did it in big games. And I do think people get somewhat lazy because they go, oh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and blah, 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 yep. blah. I do think there is something to be said when both Waddle and Smith come out and say they would rather have Jones and Tua. I do think that means something. So, you know, I think Mac Jones is, is good, no doubt. All right, so who's the next guy on your board? It's Fields um, with a little bit of an asterisk. And, and look, this is, this is the important thing when it comes to Justin Fields. And um, I could be wrong about him. A lot of people could be wrong about him. And it's very... It's very similar to the discussion that we had uh, last year about Justin Herbert. And look, 
for full disclosure, <clears throat> in terms of quarterbacks last year, um, I had who was the first overall pick last year? I'm completely drawing a blank. Joe Burrow. Obviously, Joe Burrow was clear number one last year. And and a lot of these guys, you know, people will say, well, Mac Jones only had one year of uh, really performance. Um, Zach Wilson really only had one year of uh, performance. Um, Trey Lance only really had one year. But so did Joe Burrow. And he went number one, and he was completely legit number one, and he looked the part until he got hurt last year. Um, so I don't really care about the one year of production thing anymore. It's just – it's a different time. It's a different place. Um, and, and so last year, the the way the, – the reason that Fields and, um, and Justin Herbert deserve to be talked about is – Many of us who just go off the film, and the, you, there's a lot of us. Some of us get into, you know, they they watch the games on Saturdays all year long, and they get into all that stuff, and they get into, uh, the you know, the personality and stuff like that. All that's important. I mean, it's vital. The intangibles off the field often determine whether a guy's going to be successful or not. Look at, you know, Johnny Manziel had a ton of talent, but he was a train wreck off the field, and his career never got off the ground. But a lot of us watching the film last year said, and I'll read you straight out of my evaluation of Justin Herbert, and I had him after uh, the first two, including Tua. I had Tua a little bit ahead of him. It didn't pan out this year, but that's not to say it won't pan out. Tua was coming back from his hip first year, what have you, new coordinator. He's got a new coordinator this year, so we'll see. Herbert has a whole new coaching staff. Uh, So what I said about Tua last year, uh, excuse me, Herbert, biggest concerned and the question that needs to be answered by NFL teams has to do with his processing. It's slow. There's very little anticipation in his play. There are times when he gets tunnel vision and doesn't see wide open players. Reminds me of Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill in this way, a better athlete and passer than a quarterback at this stage. That's what I saw last year in Justin Herbert, and that was accurate according to the film, Nick. But what we didn't understand was that Herbert was being limited by the Oregon scheme. Right. And you're hearing similar things. I've talked to some people around the Ohio State program, and they will tell you that he was coached to look deep and not look at, you know, not take the easy money. Like a a team like the Patriots, they tell their quarterbacks, one of the top rules is take the easy money. If it's there – just take it and get rid of it and move the chains and go on. Not at Ohio state. Maybe it's because of, you know, they kill everybody and they're so much better, but you know, look deep, pat, 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 look deep, and then maybe make a play. That seems to be their offense. Um, It's impossible for me to tell on film, Nick, whether it's, it's akin to the, the, to the Herbert situation. I think it's the possibility is there that, it is the same thing as Herbert. But I will say this. Watching Herbert and watching Fields, there was a difference to me. I didn't think that the Oregon scheme was overly deep conscious. Like, I didn't get the I, – I, I just thought that they didn't run many deep routes. They didn't have many good route com- – you know, multi-receiver route combinations where you're like, okay, it, you know, here's two guys – flooding a zone and if this defender does this then i'm going to throw there there wasn't a ton of that right but you know ohio state it was it was a lot different and to me to me it just seemed different 
you know, and I look, I was hyper aware after what happened last year with Herbert, I was watching the film thinking the same thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to earn this sort of evaluation. So I looked at that really closely. I leave it open that it's going to be there, but in terms of skill, and I think if he has time to adapt to the NFL game a little bit more, even though I think he could play tomorrow and play winning football because of his legs, the way he's built and things like that. But right now in terms of is he ready to step in and be a great NFL quarterback for his career, I don't think so. I think he needs a year, and for that reason, I have him a step below Mac Jones. You know, it's interesting because ESPN's Mina Kimes about a week or two ago brought this up, and it was all over Twitter, the idea that, hey, the Patriots – shouldn't draft Justin Fields if they have a chance to because he might not be a fit. And Mina's point was, well, just because Fields was asked to run the Ohio State offense doesn't necessarily mean that he can't run the New England offense. And I think it's a fair point. But I would also say this. It depends on the player. It depends on the situation. Like, Fields, he might be able to run the New England offense. We don't know. But it's also quite possible that he can't. And you don't want to force a a square peg into a round hole in this kind of situation the way the Patriots run things. And, you know, I I found it pretty interesting that Belichick, when he was speaking with the media last week, he mentioned that, you know, you kind of get a player and you want to tailor things to his strengths to a point. But we also saw them take Cam and try to run some of their old offense. So if the Patriots are going to stand by what they do schematically on the offensive side, they need to be 100% sure that Justin Fields is capable of running that kind of offense. And that's all about projecting and talking to people and figuring out, like you said, how he was handled in Ohio State and what he was told. And if he was told to you know, sit back and wait for those yep. deep routes to develop. Then you've got a different kind of guy because if you can say, all right, we'll get that that athleticism, that potential, and we know that he has the capability of running the Patriots offense, then I would say, shoot, if you've got a chance to move up and not give up you know, the world to get yep. the guy, then you do it. And that's, that's going to be stuff that we don't necessarily know on draft night, which makes these kinds of things difficult. All right, so let's get to the... The last guy then, because we, we've Nick, gone one, one more thing on fields real quick. Sure. Um, and I wrote this column on, uh, on the weekend. I, I went a little bit deeper on f- uh, fields at bostonsportsjournal.com. And the thing that I came away from when, when I watched him was there's a lot of Cam Newton there. And to me, as far as the Patriots go, the essential question is like, we all think, and I know the way I feel from my reporting, and this isn't my opinion, how the Patriots view Cam. Basically, he was he was the last guy at the dance. Um, they, you know, they were gonna take whoever was the last guy at the dance and make it work and try to muddle through this year and then, you know, see what happened. Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle, maybe they go in a different direction or um try to go in a different direction in 2021. Um, that it was more of a marriage of convenience, not that they love cam and also the reason why he's back here isn't because they um you know they love him they just don't want to go they don't want to restart again like they'd rather if they have to go with cam who is in my opinion the break glass in case of emergency if other things don't develop whether it's the draft or garoppolo or what have you 
at least you have Cam Newton, who is not terrible. I'm sorry, he's not terrible. I mean, he he was he had a tough stretch last year. There's no doubt. But I thought over the balance of the season, I thought he was at least an average quote unquote quarterback. And with a ba- better surrounding cast, he might have been a little bit better. Um, and I, if the Patriots, if the Patriots think that. And that's what I believe. I think that Cam was just a marriage of convenience. So yeah. I don't think they're wedded to Cam. But in the chance that Bill Belichick and, say, Josh McDaniels looked back at last year and said, you know what? I like where we're going with this. I wish we had a young Cam, a little bit more of a talented Cam, mm-hmm. one that was a little bit more coachable, one that uh, has a little bit more juice left in his legs. If we got a guy like that, I think we're on to something. If that's what they came away thinking, and I don't think that they did, but I'm just leaving that possibility open. If they came away thinking that and bringing Cam back was part of some grand scheme, then go with Justin Fields because he is he is young Cam, but he has a chance to be a lot better. And the one thing I'll add to that before we get to the last guy on the list, the one thing I would add to that is there is somewhat of a relationship between Cam and Fields that you know? So, it, it, with that theory, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna play fantasy football here for a minute, and let's do it to have a little bit of fun, and it, and you say what you just said, hey, they bring Cam back in. He's got institutional knowledge now because he was here last season. He, he's much easier to deal with instead of bringing somebody else new and and learning everything. And, and then you look at Fields and you say. Well, he's probably a year away. Well, now it makes a lot of sense, right? Like if if you bring Cam back, you surround him with talent. Meanwhile, you bring in somebody like Fields. Fields is mentored by Cam. They already have somewhat of a relationship there. So they seemingly get along. You know that Cam has been a terrific teammate. He seems like the kind of guy that would tuck Fields under his wing. And so now you've got Fields learning and watching as Cam plays it out here this season. And then theoretically, after 2021, you now have your young stud franchise quarterback who's been in the system learning for a full year and can now step up and elevate some of those other guys around him. And he has some chemistry because he was around the team for it, it, it would make a lot of sense. It really would make a lot of sense if you put the pieces together in that kind of way. All right, so we got Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Fields, your top four, which, of course, leads us to five and Trey Lance. Yeah, and just as a caveat, um, you know, we'll, I have not done the secondary quarterbacks yet. So there's a, there's a possibility that one or two might jump over Lance. I doubt that they jump over uh, Justin Fields. Um, but I haven't, I haven't looked at them. I will today, and I'll have more to, uh, to, to write about them tomorrow at bostonsportsjournal.com. Ooh, a little bit of tea, a big market a little bit of, from a dark. Exactly. Uh, Trey Lance, I, I think the kid is spectacularly talented. He really is. He, he, he's big. He can run. He can, he's, he's very twitchy, um, which means he, you know, he's just, there are some guys who just, you know, make throws or take off from the pocket, but it takes them forever to do these things. Um, twitchy players are more like a Mahomes type of guy. Or when you're talking about throwing the football, you know, like a Dan Marino, where it's just like all of a sudden, boom, bang, it's out. Um, now, that's not to say that 
Trey Lance is like any of those guys, um, especially throwing the ball. I think both Fields and Lance have issues with elongated throwing motions that need to be uh, that need to be curtailed a little bit. Fields Fields is going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, he brings the ball down. Lance is more of an annoying sort of little hitch, uh, almost like the Brian Hoyer pat, but um, not as pronounced and hopefully uh, can actually be solved as opposed to Brian Hoyer doing it for the, his whole career. But Lance is Lance could throw on the, he throws to his right and going forward, you know, better than a lot of young quarterbacks that I've seen. Um, he throws, he's got a howitzer for an arm. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I would say after Zach Wilson, I think he has the best arm in the group. Not that Justin Fields doesn't have a good arm. I think he does. Justin Fields, another reason why I'm not entirely high on him and I like Jones over Fields. Fields is a long strider and he's got that long, he dips the ball down before he throws it and you put those two things together and those are going to be tough under pressure in the pros that that he's a long strider um, mac jones is not a long strider we talked about his motion um, trey lance has a little bit of a hitch but he does not take much of a stride he just gets rid of the ball he, he, he throws with pretty nice touch he's just he's right now he's 20 years old he's going to be 20 for the draft he'll turn 21 on may 9th he's still very very young it's almost that's almost like Gronkish when um, Gronk came out, or Gronk and Hernandez were around like the same age. I think Gronk was younger, but uh, I just think I think Lance is spectacular. I just think you know he's played one football game in 15 months. That game was absolutely awful. Uh, he should not have played that game. No, made no um, sense. Yeah, it made absolutely no sense. Um, look, it's going to be a humongous step up in competition. And the reason I graded him fifth, and he has a chance to be the best out of this group, but it depends on what situation he goes into. You know, he really needs to go to a situation where he doesn't, nobody even asks about Trey Lance playing his first year, at least. It could be two years, but he needs to, he needs to get used to the speed of the game and the preseason chances he gets, you know, blah, 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 practice, what have you. Um, but he has a long ways to go in terms of taking that taking that leap. Personally, I think sitting in a place like a, in Atlanta behind Matt Ryan is a perfect situation for him. It's a new it's a new coach, an offensive minded coach in Arthur Smith. Um, Lance comes from an offense in North Dakota State that was very pro centric. A lot of plays under center, yep. play action passes, multiple uh, running backs with a fullback. Um, you know, if, if the Patriots could afford to wait for Trey Lance, I might be I might be more excited about him. And maybe if they if they saw like a uh, you know a Jimmy Garoppolo situation with Trey Lance, okay, I could buy that. But I'm not. I I don't think I'm spending a top fifteen pick on Trey Lance just because of the development time that you're really going to need. And also you don't know whether he's going to pan out. He's the, he's the longest risk, the highest risk of all of these guys. I think the other three are, you know, almost no doubt to start within a year, certainly two Lance, you don't know that, but in terms of raw athletic ability to play the position, it's, 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 it's uncanny and it's there. It just needs to be mined. All right, so let's let's break this all down now because it, it sounds like the quarterback class this year 
Sounds like you got a lot of respect for these guys. Yep. You think there are at least a handful, if not more, like you said, you've got to get to the Kellen Mons and the Kyle yep. Trask of the world and Davis Mills from Stanford. But it sounds like you have, you know, some some respect for these guys. And you yep. think that if they're in the right situation, we're not talking about quarterbacks that get all fluffed up because of the position they play. You think these are legitimate prospects who have a chance to be legitimate starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time. So with that said, let, let's just wipe away everything that we know as far as intel. If Greg Bedard was setting up a big board of a first round, one through 32, where would you slot these guys? Because we know that you you mentioned all five might be gone in the top 10. All five yep. might be gone in the top 12. But if we didn't have quarterback needy teams in the top 10, we didn't have teams possibly trading up like New England, even though you think that's unlikely, where would you kind of slot these guys? You just So Lawrence and Wilson, yep. you would have towards the top, right? You would have, would that be yep. one and two or somewhere in the top three, right? I would, I would have them, I would have them one and two. And I would okay. have Mac Jones. I would say probably around five. Okay. Five or six. Interesting. Yeah, probably there. And I think Mac Jones is the most fascinating one because some people think San Francisco is going to take him at three. Others don't believe that's going to happen now. And, and there seems to be a lot of fluidity surrounding Jones and how good he is. But you think he's, you think it's worthwhile to go six or, you know, five or six with him. So if that's the case, what do you think Fields? Is Fields still, is he is he a top 10 kind of prospect for you or is he somebody who might slide beyond 10? Yeah, that's a tough one, Nick. It's a great question. Um, my initial instinct was to say top 20. Um, and I'm trying to, to debate whether I should bump him up a little bit um, because I know the ramifications because of, you know, where the Patriots pick. You know, and I guess the essential the essential question uh, that we're asking is, uh, would Justin Fields be good value for the Patriots at fifteen if he was there? Yeah. And in my opinion, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. And and in fact, even before we started this discussion, I just the pop the the thought popped into my mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it if the Patriots drafted any of these five guys at at 15 i the only the only real outlier to me is lance i just think with his development time you know it's it you know mahomes you waited a year i don't know whether you could say that definitively if you could say that definitively about lance and maybe some teams will i'm sure I'm, I'm sure there were i'm like the redskins excuse me washington uh i've heard that they're very hot on trey lance and if that's the case, you know he ain't sitting past one year. You know he's starting next year. And if that's yeah. the case and you think he's going to be really good, all right, now he's a top 15. But for me, in terms of the Patriots, I think that Fields is a top 20. Maybe you could say top 15. I think that Lance is a first-round quarterback, top 30. Uh, a top 30 pick at quarterback for a team like the Patriots. It makes sense. You know, uh, Michael Lombardi last week, some people were kind of scratching their heads. I don't know if it was last week or yesterday, whatever, whenever it was, over the last uh, few days or so. Lombardi came out and said, listen, I, I know that there are teams in the 10 to 20 range who are preparing for a quarterback to be there. 
And he mm-hmm. said specifically Fields and Lance. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so when you look at the film and you break these guys down, what you said to go along with what, what Lombardi said on, on VEASAN or whatever it was, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. If, if you think Fields is more of a, you know, 12 to 15 guy kind of in that range and, and, and Lance is a, a top 30 pick, then what Lombardi said could be 100% legitimate, that teams in the top you know, 10 to 20 in that range are preparing themselves for a quarterback, and the two guys would be Fields and Lance. And the ultimate question is, does Fields fall? And you start with Atlanta, and then you go down the list, and I, I think it's a very interesting scenario for New England. If they like Fields and he starts to fall to 10, 11, 12, does he get past Denver at 9? If those things happen do we then see Belichick make the move? Not the dramatic, crazy trade three first-round picks to jump to four, but do we see, as I mentioned last week, the mini move, and he says, okay, you know, there's we, we think Fields is, you know, if he, if he fell to 15, we draft him in a heartbeat. He's now at 11 or 12. Philadelphia might want to move down. That's That's another rumor that's happening now. Philly's looking to move that pick, whether it's to move up or move back. They want to do something. So maybe you move up a few spots and, and you draft somebody like Fields. That move would make some sense. Let, let's jump to the uh, bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day, of course. BSJ, don't forget, swing on by $39.99 for a uh, full-year membership annually. It's a great deal. I do it. Uh, you should do it, too, if you love the Boston sports teams, and obviously you do if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Greg, you said you would find a member question, so I leave it in yep. your hands. Did you find a question, and what was the question? I did, and this this is very germane to our discussion. It is from uh, our great, great member Laura, who is a uh, a constant in in the comments and the questions in our Q and A's. Uh, she said, "Greg, if the Patriots have the opportunity to move up for Fields or Lance, do you think that they do it?" And it's a great question, and it follows right on what we what we were talking about. Um, do I think they move up? I do not. And this goes to also what we've talked about in the past with, you know, the Patriots evaluation of the quarterbacks and the mobile quarterbacks and things like that. I just don't think, I think there are three quarterbacks that given an opportunity in this draft that they would move up for in the first round. And that's Lawrence Wilson and Mac Jones. I think I remember Nick that we talked, I think about a week ago where, you know, I told you, I said, I was told that, um, that there people around the Patriots think that there's three quarterbacks that they really like in this draft. And I knew, you know, Lawrence and Wilson, you knew, I wasn't sure of the third one. I wasn't sure if it was Mac Jones or if it was Justin Fields. And I'm almost, I'm almost certain that it's Mac Jones now. So, you know, the big question is, do is there some sort of smoke screen with the 49ers? Nobody believes it. Everybody thinks they're going to take Mac Jones. There are some people who bring up that it's going to be that it could be Trey Lance. And if you're going to keep Jimmy and you love Jimmy, Trey Lance would make be a smart play for them. Um, but I think it's going to be Mac Jones. That means that just Justin Fields and Trey Lance are left. Like you talked about where they could get drafted. I have to think whether it's Denver, you know, you Denver, Chicago, and Washington are all laying in the weeds for one of these quarterbacks. Um, there are certainly other teams that could take a quarterback, including, like you mentioned, the Falcons. Uh, I think that 
I think that those three, one of two of those three teams jump up to get the remaining two quarterbacks probably before the Patriots. And I don't think the Patriots ever really have serious discussions about moving up. Will they talk? Yes. They gauge everything. You know, where will, will we see reports the Patriots were in discussions to move up to pick so and so? Yeah, they were in discussions to see what the going rate was because if it made sense, if it was cheap, then they would do it. They do that throughout the draft. Um, but I don't think they're going to have a chance. I don't think that the Patriots are going to trade up for either of these guys. I think they're going to look for better value come the end of the first round, second, third round with some of the secondary quarterbacks that will dive into next time. His name's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll catch up with you next time. As Greg said, still a lot to talk about, really. I mean, we, we got workouts happening now. We've got some other rumors around the league, and, and Greg's going to do some more homework on the quarterback class. Until then, everybody be good.